Welcome to the First Church Message of the Week podcast. Thanks for listening in. As we get out the Christmas lights, ornaments, and tinsel to decorate our homes this year, many of us are relieved that Christmas will feel a bit more normal this year. As we prepare to gather with friends and family to celebrate the birth of Jesus, let us prepare in mind, body, spirit, and space by decking the halls and our lives with what matters most, the hope, peace, joy, and love of God. In a season of stress and distractions, God offers us the roadmap to peace. In this message of the week from December 5th, Pastor Abigail Ozan shares from the book of Isaiah, challenges us to slow down to find peace, and be generous to bring peace to the world. Here is the First Church message of the week. I want to start with a prayer. Um, I worked with somebody who said, all good things start with prayer, so that's a good place to start. Um, A prayer for, uh, one for my voice, which is very important as a pastor. I've been a little bit sick, which is why my voice sounds different, and I want to be able to make it through my sermon. And also a prayer for the words that we speak and the things that we learn. So let us pray. Dear God, help me to be your voice today to be able to speak the words that you want me to say. And may all of our thoughts and all that we learn be what you want for us. Amen. The scripture this morning is from the book of Isaiah. We read a lot of Isaiah during Advent. In fact, we read a lot of Isaiah in general. There's a lot of wonderful passages in it, and it is one of the most quoted books of the Bible. And the reason is um, partly because the New Testament actually quotes the Old Testament a lot. And Isaiah is one of the big ones that gets repeated over and over. Today's message is maybe not a passage you're super familiar with, but there's a theme in it that I want you to notice. Not just the theme of peace, but about making a straight path, a level way, bringing down the high places and up the low places. And this theme is something that continues throughout Christmas time and Advent as we talk about preparing for Christ's coming. This is Isaiah 26, verses 7 through 13. The way of the righteous is level. O just one, you make smooth the path of righteousness. In the path of your judgments, O Lord, we wait for you. Your name and your renown are the soul's desire. My soul yearns for you in the night. My spirit within me earnestly seeks you. For when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world learn righteousness. If favor is shown to the wicked, they do not learn righteousness. In the land of uprightness, they deal perversely and do not see the majesty of the Lord. O Lord, your hand is lifted up, but they do not see it. Let them see your zeal for your people and be ashamed. Let the fire for your adversaries consume them. O Lord, you would ordain peace for us, for indeed, all that we have done, you have done for us. 
O Lord, our God, other lords besides you have ruled over us, but we acknowledge your name alone. Thanks be to God for the gift of scripture. I don't think that I'm alone in being discouraged in um, when I see uh, violence and conflict and injustice and feel like there's not, nothing I can do about it. I'm sure that others feel this way too. Earlier this week, actually not this morning, but earlier in the week, I made the mistake of reading the news. I mean, right there, that was a mistake. But I also just found headline after headline of discouraging news, of violence and conflict, from school shootings to the state of our justice system to a myriad of other topics. It's really easy to get discouraged when we look at what's going on in the world. And part of it is because news that's negative sells, so they share a lot more of the negative and not so much the positive stuff. Um, but it can be very easy to be overwhelmed by this. And some of you may have already discovered how much healthier you are if you don't spend too much time with the news. And there's lots of research that says that that is the case as well. We can wonder if things will ever get better. But fear not, there is hope. That is what we celebrate as Christians. Pastor Jen last week talked about hope, and she shared this good news that the darkness never gets to win. That's part of what I like to share about being a Christian. That's part of what gets me so excited. Because I have hope in Christ. And I believe that we can have hope in God and we can realize that we too can do something. We are not helpless. We can be seekers and makers of peace in little and big ways in our own lives and the lives of others around us. Advent is a time of waiting and preparing for the coming of Jesus. And so we remember when Jesus, when Christ came to earth as Jesus, as a human, and dwelt among us and lived with us, like us. And so we celebrate and remember Jesus' birthday, as sometimes the kids talk about it, which is maybe a, a good way to think about it. But also part of Advent and part of this Christmas is that we look forward as well with eagerness toward when Christ will come again. We have the wonderful hope of Jesus' second coming, which will bring God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. This kingdom includes a promise of perpetual peace when there will be no more war and no more suffering. Last week's scripture 
from Isaiah talked about a time when all the boots of the tramping warriors and all the garments rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. I find that to be a very powerful passage, in particular because of one time when I was in doing peacework in Palestine. We were in a little village in the South Hebron Hills that was not all that many miles from Bethlehem. It was a cold December morning, I remember, and we were taking a little time to do some Advent things, to read some of the scriptures, including this one. And my teammate pointed out what hope she found in these lines. Because she pointed out that this is about talking about a time when the gear of war would no longer be needed. This is not a passage about defeat of an army, but it's about victory for everyone. Now, I know some of you are in the National Guard or you've been in various branches of the military at different points in your life. Imagine what it would be like if there was no more war or suffering. Imagine if you were no longer needed to do your work, if soldiers and civilians could join together in burning anything stained with blood, anything used for war, because it was no longer needed, because the goal of peace had been forever achieved. Victory for everyone. Unfortunately, this day has not yet arrived, so don't go burn your boots yet. Um, but we do know that there are things that we can do to work toward that day to be a part of bringing God's kingdom here on earth. In fact, there are a number of people, not just National Guard, but those who are working on all sorts of social ills that are actually trying to work themselves out of a job, that they would love to have a day when they were no longer needed. People who work on issues like human trafficking, homelessness, domestic violence and poverty would love to not be needed anymore for that job. And though while we may never get there, we can do what we can right now. God encourages us and leads us and guides us on the path to peace and shows us the way in Scripture, we hear that God's justice is true. And in Scripture, we get a lot of examples in the life of Jesus about how to work for that justice. Jesus talked about caring for the widow and the orphan, groups of people that were particularly vulnerable in first century Palestine. He encourages both love of neighbor and love of one's enemy. And there are many examples throughout scripture, both the Hebrew scriptures of the Old Testament and the New Testament, that teach us how to seek justice. I don't know when Christ will come again. None of us do. 
But we can prepare for that day by helping to bring the kingdom here on earth. Because what we do does matter. So we can focus on what is right in front of us. That's the easiest way to do this. Because if you look at the big picture, it can be overwhelming. And it can feel like what we do won't make a difference. But start with yourself. Seek peace in your own life. Yesterday, I was out walking around downtown doing the craft crawl and enjoying the snow with Sandy, actually. And we kept encountering different situations where we had to wait for things. We didn't have the tool, enough tools that we needed to do the craft, so we had to wait for somebody else to finish, or we had to wait for our lunch, or wait in line for something. And so we kept repeating our refrain of the day was patience. It kept coming up, that need for patience. And to me, Patience is about letting go of a desire to move on to the next thing right now. It's about letting each moment unfold and not being in control of everything. I like to be in control of everything, but the reality is I'm not. And letting go of that illusion and worrying about what's next, but just letting things happen. This gives me peace. And I find when I do that, that I am not only more peaceful within myself, but I am kinder toward those around me. I am less likely to be rude or take out my frustration on other people. One example that I think of of this is uh, very common is road rage, right? When we get angry because, and frustrated because of whatever's going on around us, and it can be something that we take out on others when we're driving. But instead, it is good to do as that phrase some people really love, that let go and let God, by trusting that God makes a way forward. A little over a hundred years ago, at the very beginning of, uh, yeah, in the first year of the First World War, there was what was called the Christmas Truce of 1914. It was a series of unofficial ceasefires along the Western Front in Europe. There were as many as 100,000 soldiers that participated in these ceasefires. That's a lot of people. In many places along the line, it started with Germans singing carols in the trenches, and then the British and the other allies responding with songs and greetings, and eventually getting out of the trenches and meeting in no man's land and exchanging gifts. And even as in this picture, this is an actual picture from that day of soldiers on different sides playing a game of ball together in no man's land on Christmas. What an amazing thing. Peace can break out even in the midst of war, especially when we see the humanity of those that are 
on the other side. But to me, what is even more amazing than that is that this was not called by any leader. This was not an official truce. There was no general, no major that said, okay, this is what we're going to do. It was a whole series of small decisions and agreements by individual soldiers, by the people that were right there in the midst of things doing acts of kindness and reaching out to others. There are ways that we can move beyond ourselves, too, to work for peace. Now, we may not be in the midst of a war like that. It's not always perfectly obvious. And so I want you to think about what we talked about, that God's justice is good and right, and that God makes a way. One of the ways that justice looks like is when, and peace looks like, is when everyone is flourishing and has what they need. And so whenever you buy a gift for the angel tree or participate in a food or diaper giveaway or help with tools for schools. You're helping people have what they need. And that's a way of working for peace. And we can also stand for justice. Whenever you stand up to a bully, whenever you include somebody who has been excluded and left out, whenever you advocate for somebody who doesn't have the voice or the power or the resources to do so themselves. You work for justice. We truly can do the work of bringing God's kingdom down on earth. We'll never get there completely, but we can always begin. All of you were given a dove, or hopefully you got a dove when you came in, and The idea of this dove is that, as Sandy reminded us, it is a symbol of peace. And so what I want to encourage you to do is to put it somewhere that you want to bring peace or you want to be reminded of Christ's peace. Maybe for you that is by the mirror in the bathroom or on your desk at work or at home, I love how Pastor Jen put one by one of her phones because it's always good to be peace-minded of God's peace when we're on the phone. Perhaps you want to put it on the dashboard of your car, somewhere where it doesn't impede your vision, as a reminder. Or maybe somewhere around your house on the table where your family gathers or in the kitchen. Put it somewhere so that you can see it and remember God's promise of peace. And remember that everything we do matters and we can be a part of creating that peace. There is a beautiful song and it's actually in the hymnal, uh, The Faith We Sing, which is in your pews. Uh, for One Great Peace. It's by Shirley Arena Murray. 
And I'm just going to read it for you here, and the words are up on the screen. This thread I weave, this step I dance, this stone I carve, this ball I bounce, this nail I drive, this pearl I string, this flag I wave, this note I sing, this pot I shape, this fire I light, this fence I leap, this bone I knit, this seed I nurse, this rift I mend, this child I raise, this earth I tend, this check I write, this march I join, this faith I state, this truth I sign. This is small part in one small place of one heart's beat for one great peace. May we be a small part of that one great peace. I pray that as you continue with your day and your week, that you are able to hold on to that hope that you have in Christ and in that promise of peace. May it be so. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information on our church calendar, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.